Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrity CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Hi, welcome to Money Making Conversations. Yes, I'm the host, Rashawn McDonald. Each Money Making Conversations talk show is about entrepreneurship and entertainment. I provide the consumer and business owner access to celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It is important to understand that everybody travels a different path to success. That is because your brand is different. The challenges you face in your life are different. Success is always there for you. So stop reading other people's success stories and start writing your own. Now, you can be motivated by their success because their stories can offer you direction and help you reach your goals through your planning and committed effort. you got to have that effort. My guests on Money Making Conversation have that same passion, and they share that information when we talk, when doing my interviews about their career, their motivation, and what they're promoting, how they live a balanced life, and more importantly, and most importantly, their secrets to success. My next guest is a dear friend. Um, been knowing him, wow. When I first started managing Steve way back in the radio days in L.A., he used to come in there, man, with a camera crew. He's always been a go-getter. But more importantly, he's one of the most widely respected award-winning journalists in the industry today. Over the course of his stellar career, he's worked at various television networks, including BET, NBC, MSNBC, and CBS, where he hosted and contributed to programs including Conversations with Ed Gordon, BET Tonight, BET News, 60 Minutes, NBC Today Show, and Dateline. He is also a former host of Our World with Black Enterprise and NPR News. He has a new book, Conversations in Black, where he brings some of today's top leaders and influencers together to explore new narratives for African-American leadership in the post-Obama era and the Trump era. (laughs) The book, will be, the book will be released on Hat, by, by Hatchet Books on January 14th of this month and is available for pre-order right now. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, my man, Ed Gordon. My man. What's <laughs> up? Well, first of all, this book, I, I kind of, you know, I know this book kind of started being developed in 2012 because we used to do the Neighborhood Awards together, so it was always right. talk. And so I'm not, I'm not shocked by it coming out. But it's also, when we started talking, Obama was president. And so it really allows, I've read the book, and it allows for you to tell a unique story because now you have the Obama experience and now you have the Trump experience. Yeah, it's interesting, uh, Rashawn. I started in 2012, at least the idea came to me, and the book itself is written as if all 40-plus of us were in the same room having a conversation. Right. You know, often some of the best nuggets come out of interviews when you're talking to the person before or after mm-hmm. the interview. Mm-hmm. And I said to myself, with all the great people I talk to, uh, it wouldn't it be great if I could get everybody in the same room? Well, I knew I couldn't do that. Right. <laughs> but I said I could have what people would see as a virtual conversation now. So it's written as if we're all sitting together, and each chapter is a different topic. So we talk about black girl magic, we talk about Black Lives Matter, the black vote, the Obama years, Trump, images in black America, we cover everything. And some of the people we have, Maxine Waters, Harry Belafonte, T.I., Jamel Hill, Angela Rye, 
Stacey Abrams, Eric Holder. I mean, the list goes on and on. D.L. Hughley, Charlemagne the God. And what I'm most proud of, man, is we, I started in 2012. I had to stop it because I got a TV project. I picked it back up right. uh, last year in 2019. Mm-hmm. And now we got the culmination of this. And I think it's important because our community has kind of been stuck in neutral. Yes. We need some new narratives because our fight for justice and equality, as you and I talk about all the time, continues. And it's really important that you say that because, you know, there's certain points in the book that you were pointing out. Like in 2016, you talk about when you was on the Steve Harvey show and it was in November was about the voting and you was on the phone being interviewed and you felt the synergy there. The energy wasn't there for the black vote. It felt like there was a uh, complacency. And, and, and because of that complacency, we have to believe that may have cost Hillary or Clinton, among other things, the opportunity to be the next president of the United States. When you talk about that complacency, we're talking about that same complacency, complacency today, even though we are provided with much more channels of communication, especially with social media, right? Absolutely. And, Rashawn, you know, you brought me on Steve's show and, and gave me a segment because you understood the yes. importance <laughs> of making sure that we got certain words out and mm-hmm. looked at certain ideas and certain issues. Mm-hmm. And, you know, black America has been taken for granted for a long time. And because of that, I think we have become complacent with Yes. It. You know, I look at uh, the, the, the NFL playoffs right now. Yes. You know, four black quarterbacks, when there were years and years and years that people believed no black quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. You know, they talk about all these new coaches that they want to hire, but seldom do you hear a black name mentioned, even with the NFL talking about the Rooney Rule and we're going to really look at minorities. They don't. We're mm-hmm. looking at what Trump has done over the course of this next four years, and I hasten to say, mm-hmm. and I hate to even admit this, but he could win again in eight years of Trump, as Stacey Abrams said, says in the book, if you think this four years has been bad, you better strap in if he wins again. Absolutely. So when you when we go through the book, you know, then you mentioned some of the names: D.L. Hughley, Eric Holder, Jamel Hill, Al Sharpton, Michael Eric Dyson, T.I. These are these are the opinionated people. But also, you have an opinion, Ed. And that's when I was when I was reading the book, you kind of took a step back and allowed them to tell to deliver the narrative. Was that difficult for you, or that was the the whole approach to the book? No, really, that, that was the approach. As you know. Uh, Rashawn, I have been a traditional journalist my entire career, <laughs> yes. so I don't often give my opinion. Though mm-hmm. in this book, I give more of my opinion than I would normally do. <laughs> yes, but yes. as I said, I thought the dynamic of this book was to get all of these people, mm-hmm. uh, to your point, the people that you bring in, the people that are go-getters, the, yes. you know, the, the rule changes, the people that, that make a difference. I, I thought bringing together 40-plus of those folks would be so dynamic. I mean, we've got April Rain, who started uh, Oscar So White, mm-hmm. Tarana Burke, who started the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're talking about black girl magic um, with, with Iyamba. Uh, you know, I mean, I just felt like we need to start talking, and then more importantly, out of those conversations, we have to start doing. And if not, we're going to just be sitting in this neutral spot one of the things we do in one of the chapters is we look at black leadership right. and ask the question whether or not they've been doing enough. And, you know, that's really interesting thing about it. I'm talking to Ed Gordon, uh, his book, Conversations in Black. Uh, you can pre-order it now. 
Uh, it's being presented by Hatchet Books. It'll be in stores uh, January 14th, Conversations in Black uh, with Ed Gordon. He's interviewed over 40 uh, um, industry decision makers, people I talk to on a, on a daily basis about leadership, about what ne- what's next. But that leadership, I think, has, you know, because we always go back to what real leadership, you know, you always go back to Martin Luther King and you're true leaders, and you go to Malcolm X, true leader. And after that, it kind of gets confusing ever since then. Who do we turn to? You know, entertainment has somehow become the the leaders, the, the voice of black America, music. You know, in your book, you talk about uh, Marvin Gaye, you know, what's going on, that CD that that resonates with me, that music still is relevant today. But I, I feel that when you start talking about leaders, I think our leaders are entertainers. I think yeah, our leaders funny. are athletes. Uh, Killer Mike. Killer Mike and T.I. both say that in the book. And we always had entertainers who were leaders. You know, you think about the Civil Rights Movement. Yes. Harry Belafonte was Mm -hmm. out there and Mm -hmm. Sammy Davis Jr. and Sidney Poitier. But you also had those other leaders that, you know, uh, were in the four. If I ask you 20 years ago, name the top ten black leaders. You could do it without even thinking. Boom, 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 boom. Today, you know, if I say, okay, I'll give you Al Sharpton, I'll give you, you know, four or five people after that, name me 10 more, people struggle. And so I don't know that we have to have 10 black national leaders like we used to, but what we do talk about in the book and what we need desperately is a black agenda. No people move forward without a plan. No, no team wins without a game plan. And black America doesn't have a game plan right now. We hope that this book will be the start to really move people uh, to make a difference in their communities, because sometimes we're sitting and waiting on others to do, Rashawn, and you've always said that, you know, <laughs> the idea of getting going, you know, you, being your own spark. Right. And so if you don't see leadership in your community, then you need to be the leader. Let me ask you this, because we talk about, uh, you know, that, that the black leadership, the black voice, you know, because of social media, you know, it is, I always tell people who, well, social media has changed how people communicate because it's everybody's press conference. You don't need to have to call a press conference. Right. Just post it. <laughs> and I feel that in some ways that has diminished exactly who is doing the talking because a viral video can do the talking for that particular subject matter. So has social media helped us or diminished our ability to be organized? Yeah, I think it's done both. I mean, let's, let's face it. If social media had been back in the day, King would have had a Twitter page. King, King would have had a Facebook page. Yes, sir. But what King would have done is he would have put it up on Twitter and then hit the streets. What we have too many people doing is liking it on Twitter but forgetting to hit the streets <laughs> right, or forgetting right. to stay off that bus right. or forgetting mm-hmm. to et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. You know, and we've got to be honest about black leadership. You know, mm-hmm. I asked people in one of the chapters on black leadership to grade black leadership. And, you know, when you say leadership, you got to put that in quotes. So an entertainer can be a leadership. Someone like Charlemagne the God is a leader. He's got such a huge platform and he moves forward. Mm-hmm. But when we look at traditional leadership, leaders of civil rights organizations and the like, um, you know, some people have been skeptical and not been happy with the leadership we've received in the last 20 years. I asked some people to give a grade to it, and not everyone gave you know, high marks. I mean, this book is very candid, too. You know, right. it's not just everybody patting one another on the back. Right. But what, but what they don't do is they don't beat up without offering solutions or without saying, hey, we've got to have these people's backs. You know, the interesting thing about it is that I'm talking to Ed Gordon, uh, his book, Conversations 
uh, in black in regards to Hits the Stand, January 14th. Right now you can pre-order it. Uh, Ed, can you tell us how we can get the book other than what I've been saying about it? Yeah, you can go to edgordon.net, and there are links there that allow you to uh, pre-order the book or wherever you normally order books, right. Amazon <laughs> or uh, Barnes & Noble. Uh, but the easiest way, and you'll learn a little bit more about the book, is to go to edgordon.net, and you can hit the link. It'll take you right to the page, and you can uh, pre-order the book. If you're too lazy to do that, January 14th, uh, that's the day it hits the stores. Uh, if you don't like to go on the computer, just uh, wherever you buy your books, get yes, your sir. books. It's a great present for young people. I mean, mm -hmm. we talk about the youth. We talk about uh, Nipsey Hussle in the chapter about Absolutely. black men and all that he did. So it's, uh, it's a little uh, something for everybody in this book. But I think and hope that at the end of the day it will be an important book and get us not only talking, but moving. Hey, will you be doing a tour with the book, uh, autograph Yes, session? sir. Oh. Uh, we'll hit starting uh, January 14th. Mm -hmm. um, I'll do press in New York mm -hmm. and uh, uh, D.C. Mm -hmm. And then we head uh, out on the road. Mm -hmm. uh, Kansas City is our first stop. Awesome. Um, and then we go from there. So if people uh, go to uh, Ed L. Gordon, at Ed L. Gordon, uh, on Twitter, and Instagram, mm -hmm. and uh, on my face, uh, Facebook page, uh, you know, you can follow where we're going throughout. So we're, we're excited. We'll be heading uh, out west as well, mm -hmm. traveling the country. So uh, we're trying to get people to join the conversation. Yes, sir. You know, have yeah. a conversation in black and then get out there. We need new narratives. We need everybody involved because at the end of the day, particularly if Trump wins again, heaven forbid, uh, they're putting us all in the same boat, no pun intended. Absolutely. Conversations in Black, Ed Gordon, book comes out January 14th. Ed, thank you for coming on the show. Get those banners to me because I want to promote your book tour as well. Okay? Will do. Thank you, my Thank friend. you, brother. We talk soon. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. Hi, this is Rushan McDonald, the host of Money Making Conversations. You say to yourself, who calls Rushan Shell? Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Lonnie Love. You have to believe in yourself. If nobody else believes in you, believe in yourself. With me being the first woman to host Essence Festival with 70,000 people um, to introduce Michelle Obama, that just doesn't come overnight. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations. Lynn Whitfield. Your daughter, Charity, is a hot mess on Greenleaf. Well, she is. She is. She's just trying to find her footing. And she got spoiled because there were maids and things to right. help take care of her. A lot of times, the baby in the family is like that. Money Making Conversations continues online at www.moneymakingconversations.com and follow Money Making Conversations on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hi, welcome to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. That's right, Money Making Conversations. Going on three years. It's a talk show about entrepreneurship and entertainment. I provide the consumer and business owner access to celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's important to understand that everybody travels a different path to success. That's because your brand is different. You are different. The challenges you face in your life are different. So stop reading other people's success stories and start writing your own. Now, you can be motivated by their success stories because their stories can offer you direction. That's what this show is all about. 
and help you reach your goals through your planning and committed effort. And committed effort is the key. You have to have a plan to be successful. My guests on Money Making Conversation have the same passion, and they share that information when we talk about their careers, their motivation, or what they're promoting, how they live a balanced life, and more importantly, their secrets to success. My next guests have been on the show before. They're game changers. They're life changers. They're from the big brothers and big sisters of Metro Atlanta. We have uh, Kwame Johnson. Great to be here. Appreciate you having back, us back on the show. We appreciate it. Okay. And Juliet Udochi. Yeah. Good job, Mr. McDonald's. Good morning. Happy well, you New know, Year. When you, when you follow me on social media, I better get it right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, you know, you, you know, you're partnered up with local leaders. I'm one of those local leaders, celebrities, uh, following that kind of leader, that celebrity, influential men in Atlanta to give youth, especially young boys, every opportunity to, to, to succeed. Yes. Big brothers, big sisters currently have over 300 boys on the waiting list. 96% of the boys are African-American. You're back on the show to talk about the Real Mentor, Real Men Mentor panel that's uh, January 28th. Tell yes. us about that, the gathering spot. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, you know, right now the gather- gathering spot is the hub for young African-American oh, professionals. Oh, yeah, they should know that. They should know that. Um, If you have a startup, if, I mean, Ryan just has a great thing going in the city, and I think it's amazing. So um, to us, that was an ideal place to have it. So this mm-hmm. is our second event. Um, Especially if you're a social entrepreneur. If you're a social entrepreneur, yes, this is where you need to be. <laughs> uh, so basically, it's uh, we did it two years ago. I keep forgetting in 2020. And mm-hmm. to me, it was just a call of action. I right. wanted to bring together a room. Like I said, I'm from L.A., and I haven't seen so many young professional mm-hmm. African-Americans since I moved to Atlanta. You know, well, in L.A., we, everybody's a fake basketball, fake this, fake that. Absolutely. Absolutely. But we have men out here really doing things. So why aren't we out here giving back to these communities, I haven't seen so much disparity until I moved right. out here. Mm-hmm. So um, the panel is just, I wanted to have a conversation. Why are you not doing your part? Who mm-hmm. is that who impacted you to become the man you are today? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was great. We had about, what, 70 guys, mm-hmm. I think about 30-something throughout that whole process signed up. And this year we just wanted to make it bigger. This is the second year. This is the second year. Okay, yeah. Cool. And last year was at the gathering spot. No, well? la- 2018 it was at the office. At the office. And I think that was the most African American man we ever had in. Big and how did you get them to show up for that? Ah, I was out there. We okay. did radio. Um, mm-hmm. Had a lot of people out there being a street team, inviting their coworkers, guys from their basketball teams. Um, fraternities, the alphas came out deep. We had about maybe 25, 30 guys. Ooh-wee. Yeah, my they came out, they came Ooh-wee. out deep that day. Shaking my coat because yeah. I'm I got the work to do. Yeah, yeah. What do you think, Kwame? They did. We had a big turnout. Listen, mm-hmm. so like you know, you having us on the show is gonna get the word out. Right. And sometimes you got and, and post social media. Now, do yeah. you have a, like a banners yet or, or Yeah, yeah. So we're we're solidifying all of that this week. Okay, cool. Because mm-hmm. that's the you know, like I said, now I'm not went into marketing and branding. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, uh, I definitely got to do my part yeah. and, uh, and, and and get the word out because yeah. of the fact that I want to be able to just, just you know, I always tell people, you know, you always want to go get in a restaurant when you can't get in it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> going there, people's chairs, people on the walls going, okay, uh, what's, what is, what, what's going on? What, what, they, what, they, what they giving away with these kids? So, mm-hmm. You know, what, what I got to do? Yeah. And so I don't, I, that's the goal. The goal yeah. is to put us, put us in a position. You know, it, it was really interesting when I, you know, Everything got to have a little swag to it, a little cool to it. That's why people jump in real fast, you mm-hmm. know, because they don't know. Yeah. And word gets out going, I'm doing this, I'm changing this young man's life, and only give eight hours a day a month. Mm-hmm. Eight hours eight mm-hmm. hours a month. A month, okay. yeah. A month. And that's, and they, but we have to realize that is time. 
but that is not an incredible amount of time. You're not adopting this kid. Mm-hmm. So, so what was the theme for the panel last year? Did anybody host the panel? Because you you got your boy Rashawn in. Yeah. And, you know, put a, they told me I got to get people, and <laughs> you know I got I got to have a theme. I got to host. Yeah. You know I'm you know what I'm saying I'm going to work for the big brother, big sisters <laughs> of Metro man. Atlanta. We appreciate well, it. Yeah, yeah. And I just met her at a movie theater. Listen, we we wanted to definitely we wanted to take it to another level this year. Last year was great. We just had a lot of folks who are already a part of our network, some bigs, some brothers who are already doing the work. But we wanted to bring in some celebrities like yourself, others who could really get the word out at a big level Mm -hmm. um, this time. And, you know, partnering with the Gathering Spot with Ryan and others down there, uh, just taking it to the next level. So we want to get folks like you. We got some other big names we're not going to share right now that we're working on um, to just get new people in the building who don't know about it. Yes, sir. And have a conversation and say, you know, this is really about us stepping up as men in the community uh, many of us who are doing really good things and have, you know, eight hours. We can, and it's, it's not really about new time. I say create, you know, corporate is your person, your existing time. Yes, right, you right, know, right. you're doing different things already. Right. And why not bring that per- young person with you to do right. things that you're already going to do and, and, and give them that expo. Bring them up to the studio or, you know, if I go to the barbershop or different things that we do. Um, just See, I'm already in my mind, yeah. you know. Trying to calculate time, you yeah. know. Yeah. You know, I got to start my Pilates classes. <laughs> Bringing the Pilates, you know. What I'm you know? So, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, because because yeah. really, when you start saying it, but it's about the commitment, though, yeah. for me. Yeah. That's important that people have to understand because I've been there. I've seen these kids. I walked in the room. They look. They they go whatever mm-hmm. because they know. Are oh, you here to make yourself feel good today? Yeah. yeah. You know, just your one charity moment. Don't look at me as a charity case. I can yeah. do bad by myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't need this emotional drop-in and drop-out experience. Yeah. Yeah. That is the key that we have to say is that, but we have to let them know that there's a commitment, but there also is not an adoption process we're no. going down. So wanna, They're not moving into your house. No. no. So I want to touch on what you just said. So Kwame said it as well. Um, we like to call it don't make new time. Share time. Mm-hmm. The time that you have already on the weekends, what do you do? Go to the barbershop. I like to use the example. Um, I met a big who said um, what his little brother liked to do with him was to wash his car on the weekend mm-hmm. because his parents didn't have cars. Mm-hmm. And that time, sitting down washing this car with his big, he's talking about school, talking mm-hmm. about sport, and he's getting that one-on-one time. Right. You go to the grocery store, go to Publix. Mm-hmm. I like to say, tell your little this, hey, we're going to the grocery store. You have to do it because you have no food in your house. Mm-hmm. But to that, that's that one-on-one time. Say, hey, we're going to go into the grocery store with fifty for 50 minutes for $50. Mm-hmm. At that point, you're teaching a little how to budget money, mm-hmm. time management. Mm-hmm. And while you're walking up and down the aisles, healthy living, mm-hmm. right, how to um, get healthy food. And you guys are just talking. You might not want to go shopping with me because you know <laughs> your boy going to get his ice cream. Go get some cakes. Go get some cakes. <laughs> hey, you can teach your boy how to bake. There you go. There you go. See, Julie, I'm tired of her, man. She going to get it back to the right. I'm over here trying to crack some jokes. Nope. She might bake. But that's your skill set. And that's why you guys work as a team because of the fact that I'm here because somebody was courageous enough to say, I need you to be a part of this. Okay. Now you got my mindset. I'm over here trying to block time. Now I got to go talk to my wife. Go, okay, I'm thinking about it. She's going to go, what you doing? Because, because, you know, I'm mad at her because she ain't got a dog. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And so, and I, and and so now I'm trying to bring a a, a human being into our world. And so, but a committed process. And so I got to look at my schedule and see how eight hours plays out. Mm -hmm. 
because no matter what we are what, what we are talking about, it's still a human being. Yeah. And and in, in different age groups, we don't know the experiences they've had before you came along. Like yes. so you have a young child eight, you might want to mentor somebody who's twelve, somebody who's fifteen. Each yeah. one of those, they they got some drama coming with that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you have to know who you're talking to because that kid that you may be starting to mentor maybe already have went down a road or made a curve that you if you're not spending the time to understand where they're at mentally, mm-hmm. you you just shock. You wake up, you see them on the news. Yeah. Yeah. And because you didn't, uh, because you were just, you know, playing the game. Yeah, yeah. We make sure, you know, before you get in that you know all the background. Right. And, and, and choice is a big part of this and preference. Right. And you may want to work with an 8-year-old, 12-year-old, right. or a young man who's into certain things. You know, so all that plays into to, to our decision-making process, but also – you get to know what's going on before we match you. Right. And the family right. gets to know about you before we match you. So it, right. it's a very thoughtful process uh, where we work together on that. Right. So with that being said, I'm just talking to you two. What's, yeah. What does the staff look like at Big Brothers for Sisters? We have a very amazing team, 50 staff. Uh, right. Most of our staff are on our program team. Uh, we have a very diverse staff. Right. Uh, we got, a, you know, f- folks who have MSW degrees and, right. you know, folks like me who are in jail. You know, so – it's it's a it's a very uh, great team to work with. I'm right. very honored every day to go work with them, and um, our program team is really providing the support to our bigs and our kids in the field and the families mm-hmm. that are doing the work. So, uh, just a great staff. But we have 50 staff. We're in Midtown. Come check us out anytime. Right right at the corner, of 17th and Peachtree. Uh, we love to have you. Cool. So, real men mentor. Yes. The panel is going to be January 28th mm-hmm. at the gathering spot. Yes. How long was it last year? Um, about an hour. So we have. See? Yeah, so we have when you first come in, we 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 want to have. I can you, talk for an hour by myself. Now, I mean, you know. it, it can go longer. Okay, I'm just it letting you know. Longer. You know, you got a long wind bill over here. <laughs> <laughs> like, but, but the thing is, I'm we, dragging all these people down here. You know, but, hey man, I ain't saying that, but I ain't saying. I want to get them in the door. We want to oh, get yeah. them in, but uh, no, yeah. we, we want to have like a whole like mixer time mm-hmm. for you to get in, meet mm-hmm. other local mm-hmm. um, men in Atlanta. We're gonna mm-hmm. have. Guys who are bigs are ready uh-huh. for you to absolutely. talk to them. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Because, you know, this is our job. Oh, absolutely. To get out. We're salespeople, but right. we're going to have people who are there who are actually out there putting in the work that can answer all the real life questions okay, cool. for you. On my end, I got I to gotta get the banners from you. Yeah. I got to get a press release out. Mm-hmm. I got to lock down the talent mm-hmm. that make sure that it's approved on both sides mm-hmm. and on the agenda and get all that straight. Uh, Samantha Taylor, yeah. who's the executive producer of Money Making Conversations, is handling this the production of the live event that we're going to be doing at the Gathering Spot, January 28th. Uh, Big Brothers, Big Sisters, uh, Metro Atlanta. Got to yes. make sure I say that. Kwame Juliet, thank you for coming on the show again. And I got work to do. Hi, this is Rushon McDonald, the host of Money Making Conversations. You say to yourself, who calls Rushon Shell? Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Lonnie Love. You have to believe in yourself. If nobody else believes in you, believe in yourself. With me being the first woman to host Essence Festival with 70,000 people um, to introduce Michelle Obama, that just doesn't come overnight. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Lynn Whitfield. Your daughter, Charity, is a hot mess on Greenleaf. Well, she is. She is. She's just trying to find her footing and she got spoiled because there were maids and things to help take care of her a lot of times the baby and the family is like that money making conversations continues online at www.moneymakingconversations.com and follow money making conversations on facebook twitter and instagram 
Ladies and gentlemen, it's time you stop thinking about your dreams and put some plans into action. My next guest is on the phone. First time we've talked. Know of his work. Is a former NFL wide receiver turned filmmaker who played for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Cincinnati Bengals, Carolina Panthers, and the Baltimore Ravens. He retired in 2007 and moved to L.A. to pursue a career in entertainment. Since then, he has gone on to direct music videos, short films, feature films, television, and web series. He's an NFL alum, director, Monkey Ball, excuse me, Monkey Paul Production Films and Television Executive, and author of a well, I just read it last night, called Hair Love. He currently is a television executive, like I stated earlier, with Monkey Paul Productions. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, my man, Matthew A. Cherry. Hey, how you doing? Well, you got a lot going on, you know, for, for, for to be a former football player. A <laughs> couple things, a couple things. You know, first of all, you know, uh, a sport that I, you know, a sport that I would never play because physically, uh, I don't know. I, I looked at it this weekend. I'm going, how do y'all do it? So do you look back, Matthew, and go, how did I do it or why did I do it? Um, No, not at all. Um, You know, I think it's just uh, some people, you know, like when, you, when you're growing up, you live in certain environments and neighborhoods, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of what all your friends are doing, and, you know, you, you want to kind of stay off the streets and make sure that you have something else going on, and, you know, football growing up in Chicago was uh, was kind of that for me. So, um, no, not at all. Chicago. I was in Chicago. I lived in Chicago. I was uh, was I was producing uh, executive producer Steve Harvey's talk show from 2012 yep. to 2016. And um, my man, uh, I got clothes, winter clothes that I had to buy in Chicago that I wear nowhere else. Hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> it gets pretty pretty fr- frosty out there. So do you miss the cold? That's all I'm asking. Do you miss the cold of, of Chicago, my friend? No, no. I live in L.A. now, so, uh, you know, don't, don't, don't yeah. miss it at all. Yep. So let's talk about you getting started in this business because, like I said, yep. you know, everybody's stereotypes individuals. You know, you're, yep. you're, you're a football player. When you start trying to get out of that window, people can look at you like, hmm, why, how, mm-hmm. uh is that is that even possible? Even if, and I, I liken that to the fact that you know I, I come from the inner city, uh, Matthew, and I my degree is in mathematics. I I wanted to be a stand up comic, and people would look at me like, okay, stand up comic, you're not Richard Pryor, you're not Red right. Fox. So people always want to block you. I always tell people you have to be careful to people who 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 you might consider your family or your loved ones or your best friends because they can be the first people to throw out the negative statements, can throw out the blocks. So, right. so when you when you were when did you when did you start developing these skills that I that I introduced you as directing and editing all that comes into play. When did you start developing these skills? Um, you know, it was something I was always interested in, man. Um, you know, probably as early as high school. Um, I remember uh, wanting to, uh, you know, kind of join like the radio and the TV club that they had in, uh, at my school. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I majored in radio and TV broadcast in college. So, you know, I knew that um, I knew always knew eventually whenever I got done playing sports that, you know, this would be my kind of long term career. And it was just kind of a matter of what the approach might be. But, um, yeah, I always, always knew. Now, would, would, I, would I say all this? So you 
you you're no longer playing professional football. You say you mm-hmm. moved to Los Angeles. Now, did you move yep. with established relationship, or you moved out there just to, you know, you say, hey, man, this is where I'm supposed to be. I got to go and get my feet wet and start making it happen. Yeah, you know, when when I was playing ball, um, I actually came out to L.A. for the first time in, like, 05 when I was with the Bengals. And um, this uh, radio personality that I work with in Cleveland at the radio station out there uh, basically uh, asked if I wanted to come out for the BT Awards and just kind of hang out. And I was like, you know, this would be a good opportunity to kind of right. <laughs> get eyes on, you know, the city and kind of see what it's like. And I just love that it was just all about production. You know, like the coffee shops, you got nothing but writers in there writing scripts. Uh you know, even the print and copy stores, you know, they offering discounts on headshots and script printing. And uh, it, it just felt right. And um, I was lucky enough to meet a person who was a part of this uh, program called Streetlights. And Streetlights is this nonprofit organization that kind of helps men and women of color get jobs as production assistants in the industry, like mm-hmm. in mostly the commercial world. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, you know, met her, we vibed, uh, asked her if she would kind of put me down as a reference and she did. And um, I applied to this program and I got in. And so when I moved to LA, this was kind of like the only really uh, relationship that I had coming out there. And I kind of came out here knowing that I was going to be doing this like production assistant training program. And, you know, as you know, production assistants, like you do all the odd jobs, like taking <laughs> I know the what garbage, a PA is. moving yeah. the director's chairs, <laughs> getting the talent out the dressing room, bringing them to the stage, like stuff like that. But, you know, it's a great opportunity to, actually physically get on set and to kind of see what everybody does and try to figure out what it is that you may want to do for a living. We know it's really important that you said that because, you know, a lot of people, they have standards, you know, (laughs) I'm not going to do that, you know, but, but I, I I tell people when you, as a, as a production assistant on the set, they always call them PAs. And, And so you get, you get to really get to really get into some areas where you wouldn't normally get if you were just a producer. Because a PA right. can, you know, plus you can like get into writers' rooms. You can ask mm-hmm. production. You can you can be you can sit down next to a director. But you have to have your game plan. You know, you can't be annoying. Mm-hmm. You have to be a person that doesn't look too comfortable. Because a lot, a lot of people want they want to just sit down. You know, in other words, you almost got to be just be in the back of the room and blend in. And mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't understand that. You know, I always tell people in my life, uh, I don't always. And you might be the same way with you, Matthew. It's not about the financial opportunity. It's about the opportunity. Now, yep. it's what you do with that opportunity that can lead to a financial opportunity. And yep. and a lot of people understand that just getting in the door. He said that really clear. And that's why I try to make sure people who come on my show, let them know the end results. You know, Black Klansman is the end result. Okay. And he, and plus, that's not his end. And I shouldn't even say that. That's one of his accomplishments that we, we all are aware of. But before that, he was just a PA. Yeah. And a PA. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, and that's the thing, though, about PAing. It's like, you know, sometimes when you come out there and you you kind of think you already know what you're doing, sometimes that can hinder you because, like, you you may be closed off to kind of all these other opportunities, you know? And being a PA is just such a great way to just, like, literally spend a little time with every department. And kind mm-hmm. of, okay, do I want to get in hair and makeup? Do I mm-hmm. want to? be a grip or electrician, you know what I mean? Like you really can kind of find your, 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 you know, whatever it is that you're trying to get into long-term, you know? Absolutely. So Matthew, let's talk about hair love. Okay. Um, yeah. Like I say, I, I, no, I have a daughter or right, my wife, you know, uh, uh, I, I've done my attempts over the years. To, <laughs> to, my daughter said, don't mess with my hair no more, dad, please stop. Okay. That's not what you do. 
Okay, I love you, but leave my hair alone. What was the uh, motivation behind Hair Love? Well, you know, it was um, a couple of years ago, back in 2017, I, um, you know, very, very active on social media, and I just really noticed this trend. I kept coming across uh, all these videos of specifically African-American fathers doing their daughter's hair. And, you know, I always like trying to share a lot of family-friendly content on my social media. And it was, I was just noticing this trend where every time I shared like a video of a mom interacting with their kid, you know, they would do well because a lot of times the videos are cute, but it was every time it was a black dad and a black daughter or a black dad and, and their kid period, they always just like overperformed. And yes, um, it is. Yes. I just really just noticed, you know, it, it seemed like it was kind of this double-edged sword because like, obviously the videos are very cute and touching, but I kind of learned that it was also because people weren't used to seeing black men depicted in in this light. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we get all these negative stereotypes in the media, like we're not around for our kids and, you know, et cetera. And so them seeing like these dads that were taking the time to do their daughter's hair, it kind of felt like an anomaly. Right. And for me, like I have a lot of, I'm not a father yet, but I have a lot of uh, friends that are young fathers and it's not an anomaly to them. You know, like rent is expensive everywhere. And right. Often now, now, now times, you know, both parents have to work. And so mom got to leave early or got to go out of town for something. You know, dad got to step up. What do you want to do? What is your goal? You know, we, we started, we, we was a former NFL football player. We was a former PA. Now you got this hot animated project out there. You've executive produced the Black Klansman. What do mm-hmm. you want to do, my friend? Um, You know, I'm kind of doing it now. You know, it's just, uh, for me, it's just continuing to create projects that kind of elevate and humanize black people, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, be that in any medium, be that animated, live action, TV or film. Um, You know, I'm I'm directing television now, too. So I just uh, did an episode of Blackish that'll be coming out around Valentine's Day. Uh, Just booked a big movie that hasn't been announced yet, but I'm really excited about and, uh, you know, trying to figure out a live acting feature as well. So, you know, just continue to work and kind of reinvent myself, man. That's really the goal and the dream. Now, the dream. Now, the last OG, that's you? Yeah, yeah. I, I was a co-producer and a director on that show, too. So, yeah. It's been really great. Listen, Matthew, man. Matthew, you need to stop awesome being humble. This is a humble interview, Matthew. You, This is a humble interview, you know. You, you know, you, 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 you got it going on, my man. You know, the reason I say that, because, you know, I'm Hollywood. I I went out to Hollywood in 1990. I know, yep. you know, when they buried all the sitcoms on WB and UPN. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Where mm-hmm. they, they use us as starter, starter kits. And when I yep. see, I, I, you, you are in a, you are in a, uh, for a guy of your talents, uh, uh, is at Hollywood at a good time, you know, where we can start telling our stories. When I look on, when I look at TV commercials, I see, uh, I see interracial people on TV, dating, buying insurance together, buying cars together. Where only a couple of years mm-hmm. ago, when a little black girl, mixed race black girl, went in a hot room for Cheerio, they wanted to shut down Cheerios. You know what I'm saying? That ain't that far right. from that. And to be able to see right. stories that are being told by Ava DuVernay, and to be hear this, to hear this right here, you're saying you're comfortably saying, I want to tell African American stories. Because you know yep. now there's a demand or need or request for that type of content. That has to make you feel good. Yeah, man. I mean, I think, you know, nowadays, like, you know, you're talking about back in the day with, like, the CW and the WB and UPN and all that. Like, you know, 
now there's so many more networks and places that are doing original content. So, you know, it's just kind of like a byproduct of that. Like the more outlets that need content, you know, the more opportunities that, you know, black creators and creators of color are going to have to be able to tell their stories and, you know, hopefully do them in a, in a good way that, you know, makes their people look good. So, you know, just want to continue that, you know, people like Ava DuVernay and Jordan and Barry Jenkins, you know, are all kind of been mentors to me and people who are really, uh, just uh, admire and want to follow in their footsteps. So, well, I'm gonna tell you something. You, the, you, you are a special talent. If I can compliment you in that manner, and you accept it. Uh, my wife always uh, tells uh, me I don't know how to say thank you when people compliment me, because of the fact that some of the things I'm just doing what I love to do, and yep. you're doing what you love to do. Sometimes you don't understand that what you what you have a unique talent, and you're accomplishing things that are not normal. Yeah, no doubt, man. No, definitely. You know you, you, know you got me, man. It's, it's all good. I appreciate you, Matthew A. Cherry. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald, the host of Money Making Conversations. You say to yourself, who calls Rashawn's show? Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Lonnie Love. You have to believe in yourself. If nobody else believes in you, believe in yourself. With me being the first woman to host Essence Festival with 70,000 people um, to introduce Michelle Obama, that just doesn't come overnight. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Lynn Whitfield. Your daughter, Charity, is a hot mess on Greenleaf. Well, she is. She is. She's just trying to find her footing and she got spoiled because there were maids and things to help take care of her a lot of times the baby in the family is like that money making conversations continues online at www.moneymakingconversations.com and follow money making conversations on facebook twitter and instagram my next guest is truly She's one of those people, Renaissance people. I call her that because she's been able to reinvent herself. And a lot of people, I had a degree in mathematics and I decided to be a stand-up comic. Now, if somebody asked me to do a math problem, either we're going to start fighting because I don't know, or you might call me, I thought you had a degree in math because I don't know. I reinvented myself. That's not a life that I live now. This young lady right here on the phone is a former engineer turned media personality in the area of technology and lifestyle. She is the technology contributor for ABC News, working on a nationally syndicated daytime show, Strahan, Sarah, and Kiki. Her media appearance and interviews include Good Morning America, Cheddar TV, Sirius XM, Essence, and Huffington Post. Television is one of her loves, but she is most passionate about helping people become better digital citizens. She is on the show today to talk about three apps that people can utilize to manage and improve their finances in 2020. That's what I call perfect timing. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Stephanie Humphrey. Hello, hello. It's so happy to be here. Thanks so much for having me. First of all, uh, Stephanie, it's been a long time since you've been on the show, and that's a good thing yeah. because you've been busy and <laughs> you've been so busy. You know, you're, you're regular on different shows and things like that. What? And it's about, a, it's about your brand. It's about putting the word out and, and maintaining credibility. What have you? Yes. Been, what do you do to maintain credibility with your voice? Because that's a competitive space. 
It absolutely is. And I think you have to be consistent with content. You know, there there was that whole idea of content being king that was really popular a few years ago. And that is actually still the case. Content is king. So as you're utilizing these social media platforms, as you're utilizing your website or your blog or whatever, you have to consistently be pushing out content to people around your brand and your area of expertise. Now, that does not necessarily mean that you always have to be creating content because that can get overwhelming, you know, trying to do videos every day or, or a podcast every week or whatever that looks like. But curating content is just as effective as creating content. So I do a lot of both, actually. So most days, most days of the week, Monday through Friday, I will curate content that I find on the internet and push it out and get people's opinions on it, start conversations around it, drive engagement around technology topics that I think people might be interested in. But then once a week, I actually create content as well through my 60 second tech break, which comes out on Wednesdays, which gives people a actionable, relevant little nugget of information that they can watch, learn, and then go do something with. Now, what, what, uh, I'm assuming it comes out on social media. What platforms do you distribute that? Across all platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. So I can share it on my Twitter account. Yes, you can. Yes, Please I will. do. I will, you say every Wednesday, right? Every Wednesday Talking at 3 p.m., the 60-second tech break comes Adele, out. Adele, she's the program director for Money Making Conversations. So every Wednesday, we're going to start sharing her, um, you say tech break? 60-second tech break, yes. Yeah, on our, on our social media. Because I, I'm always trying to, you know, like I said, that's, the, that's a part of quality content that you're talking about. Yes. Now, let's talk about, because I, I get a lot of people on the on my show talk about making that transition. And then I meet everyday people who are afraid to make that transition, afraid to walk mm-hmm. away from that job, afraid mm-hmm. fear just overwhelms them. Like I tell people, you know, my degree is in mathematics. I, I work for IBM, and then I left IBM to become a comedian. I was already a comedian, but when you walk away from a full-time job, you're becoming a comedian for real then. That's right. So I, That's I was just right. fooling around. I was just going on stage at night telling jokes. You were just you were just a funny dude at <laughs> yeah. first. <laughs> yeah, right. I, that's all I was. I was funny. Boy, that Rushon's funny. But when I left IBM, <laughs> I was a real comedian. Okay? I had That's to find right. out how I was going to get a regular check on a regular basis. Now, with that being said, you're a former engineer. What What type of engineer were you? Well, I was a systems engineer for Lockheed Martin, but my degrees were in electrical engineering and telecommunications and networking engineering. Already, she's making me feel, my little math degree feels shaky right Hey, now. listen, a math degree is nothing to see that. Trust me, I know. I know. As, as, as hard as it was for me to get through calculus and differential equations, I, I know a math degree is a big deal. Oh, you make me feel good, Stephanie. But, you know, now, now here's, here's the fun part about our life. Okay, like, I went from, you know, math, IBM, computers, to com- being a comedian. Now, you kind of still maintain your... Your, your lane of communication because you stayed in technology and lifestyle. Right. So, right. so, so not saying that was, uh, but, but, but there is still a transition. So I, I asked you, okay, how, what did you get the confidence? What did you get the belief that you could do this? Or even, or did you just nurture it along? Like I was telling jokes at night. Were you just like building your brand before you made the leap? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, it, it really was nothing but God. I, I can't take any credit for this because this wasn't, 
something that I had always wanted to do and, and finally had the courage or whatever to do it. And, you know, I, I wasn't that little kid that, you know, used the hairbrush as a microphone and acted like a TV host in my <laughs> mirror. I didn't do any of that. Like I did not have any designs on being on television before I actually did it. And I just credited again to God giving me this vision and putting me in the right places at the right times to meet the right people that sort of encouraged it and planted those seeds in, in, in my you know consciousness that, hey, maybe I could actually, you know, make this work. But but no, I, to your point, I absolutely kept my day job for a long time <laughs> and, you know, worked worked the program at night on the weekends, mm-hmm. you know, late night, early night. You know, at one point I was working with QVC. That's a 24 hour uh, station. So I might be there at two thirty in the morning and have to go straight into work or or whatever that whatever that looked like. But yeah, you definitely, you know, hold on to your, to your paycheck for as long as possible and, and get your plan together and save your money and, and figure out how you're going to maintain your lifestyle or what has to change about your lifestyle. That's the one thing I don't think people understand. Some things are going to have to change about your lifestyle when you make this transition, at least at first, you know, you're going to have to cut back on some stuff. You're going to have to, you know, maybe that vacation every year ain't going to happen. So you have to think about what that all is going to look like and put that plan in place before you just jump ship. And more importantly, what I what I tell people is that eight hours, because that's a 40-hour week gives you discipline. Say, I go to work at eight, I get off at five. When you mm-hmm. make that jump, there is no eight-hour That's right. work day. There, you know, in fact, you know, people will ask you, I know, because they ask me all the time, what do you what did you do today? And I look at them going, um, <laughs> you know, because I either I, I squinch because I go, what, what, what? I, I was working. What are you talking? About? I was working. <laughs> I was working. Now, if you want details, now you sometimes you, you, I need to think about what my next move is, and right. that requires right. time. And, and work, and, and you need to be quiet for a minute and maybe go take a walk or go to the gym. I get all my good ideas at the gym. So, there you, go. you so, know, that's work, too. Let's talk about that. You know, always hold the financial talk till the end. You yes. know, hold my audience. You know, hold my listenership here. You have three <laughs> apps here that help you improve your finances in 2020. It's called Mint, Acorns, and Robinhood. Talk to us about those three apps. Yes. Start so with Mint, Mint is an overall budgeting app. It's going to, you can, you can attach all of your accounts to it, your bank accounts. And if you have investment accounts and things like that, but it's going to give you that overall picture of where your money is going, because you cannot get your finances on track until you know where your money is going. So it, it'll help you budget. You can actually pay your bills through that app. You can, mm. you can connect your, you know, your light bill account, your cable account, all that stuff, pay your bills through the app and just keep track of where your money is going. So Mint is a really, really great, easy to use, comprehensive tool for that. Then you get to Acorns. Now, this is where you start saving money. Acorns is going to allow you to uh, round up So any of the purchases you make with your bank card, it'll round that purchase up to the nearest dollar and take that, those few pennies, you know, whatever it is, and put it into an investment account and a savings account. So, you know, if you, if you don't feel like you have enough money or you're not making enough money just yet to start putting aside $500 a month or, or whatever, you can put, you could put a quarter aside, you know what I mean? Like you're not even going to miss it. If you spend, you know, $6 and 72 cents, 
that that extra 30 cents or, or 27 cents, 28 cents, you're not going to miss that. <laughs> so why not just let that money start making, start working for you and, and saving it without having to think about it? Let me so just say, it, let it me just interrupt the, there right quick, you know, because mm-hmm. that's I, I have a jar in my house. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when I get changed, I just throw it in that jar. I just throw it in that jar. Right. And it's right. and it's a fishbowl. It's like a little baby fishbowl. And so, so I, I decided to just take some of it because you can go to stores and then they and go to this little machine and they change it out and get, and, right and give you how much money it is. I had I just some of it was like a thousand dollars. See, just a some that, of it that could have been money earning interest somewhere. But I'm just letting you know what you're saying is absolutely true because you're talking about rounding up change. I was taking change. Mm-hmm. But instead of just leaving it in this fishbowl, you're talking about investing and building interest on uh, compounding along the way, which I'm just letting everybody know is that there's a lot of people do what I do. Just take change and just throw it in the corner or just take change and, and just let it just sit there and then open up a drawer. You got change in the bottom of the drawer and you, then you push it all to one corner and then you get it out and go, ooh, I got some hamburger money, you know, and stuff right. like that. <laughs> <laughs> and so, 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 I, so, so that's a good way of, of modernizing an old habit where it can be right. financially beneficial to you call, that's called acorns. That's called acorn. That's going to, like I said, take those, take that little bit of change, mm-hmm. put it somewhere where it can grow. And then Robin Hood is if once you get to the point where you're actually ready to do some, some serious investing and, and building a portfolio, Robin Hood allows you to trade stocks for free. So you can buy and sell shares of any stock on the stock exchange for free. It's a, it's just a really easy way to um, to get involved and get engaged and get started because, you know, a lot of stock, you don't have to start off with, you know, Apple stock that costs $1,000 a share. You can start off with, with real estate investment trust stocks that only cost $16 a share mm-hmm. or something like that. So mm-hmm. you, you start small and, and you build and they're actually, they're, they're actually introducing the idea of buying Buying fractional stocks, right? So right. the same, the, the same way that Apple costs a thousand dollars. Maybe I can't buy a full share right now, but I got twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. So let me start building towards the the time when I can buy a full share of Apple or or Amazon or Google or whatever. So um, it's just a great way to get involved in the stock market. It, it has tons of information that help you helps you do your research on the stocks that you're thinking about, and um, and then just kind of get involved because that's that's how you're going to build that wealth. You know, just getting a paycheck, you know, unless you plan on being the CEO, just getting a paycheck may not do it for you and and probably won't do it for most of us. You know, people build wealth through stock purchases and and through the stock market. Warren Buffett got rich in the stock market. He didn't get rich because he saved, you know, his pennies in in his fishbowl. So so you want to start thinking about, uh, you know, start thinking about that. And this is a way to do it that is not is not high risk for you because you don't have to spend a ton of money and you don't have to spend money per transaction because once you start going to those uh, Price Waterhouses and, and Goldman Sachs and, and, and those bigger companies, mm-hmm. they charge you every time you want to buy or sell a share of stock. Awesome. Robinhood doesn't do that. So it makes awesome. it takes away the barrier to entry for people that will want to get into the stock market. Mint, Acorns, and Robinhood. These are apps that people can utilize to manage and improve their finances in 2020. I love each one of them. Mint, you know, is awesome. Uh, Acorns, you know, I just talked about that. I just need to upgrade my program and stop throwing money in the jar and start putting it in the bank or something with this software that you have out there in Robinhood. You know, I started out 
buying stock to you know discount brokers like Charles Schwab. You know they charge right. these fees, and you talking about and it this was a, discount, but they were still charging you. Right, that's what I'm just letting everybody know. You know. Mm-hmm. Now, you're talking about you, I can still invest and grow my brand through that. It's just amazing what the information you always give out to us on a daily basis. This time, Stephanie, I do want to promote the fact when you go to Harvard in March to talk about Till Death Do You Paul, Do You Tweet, excuse me, Death Do You Tweet, and that's a website, www.tilldeathdoyoutweet.com for more information. Stephanie Humphrey, uh, a.k.a. Tech Life Steph, please come back sooner. Come back sooner, okay? I will. I won't, I won't stay away too long next time. I appreciate you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Money Making Conversations continues online at www.moneymakingconversations.com. 